I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You're the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. Uh, hey, we're here. It's uh, almost Thanksgiving, uh, and I actually have some pre-recorded programs, so you won't miss a beat here. Please join us every day at noon. Uh, if I don't answer you on chat, it's because I'm at home stuffing my face with good things. But um, today, we're going to talk about something that I, I think is very interesting, and it's something, I, I if you haven't gone through, or you're not there now, you probably will go through at some point in your life. And, you know, uh, we have this great picture in the Old Testament of uh, a wilderness, the Israelites wandering 40 years in the desert, many of them dying there, uh, and for, for unbelief. So a measure of consequence, some people would view it as punishment. I would argue that Christ changed the equation there. Here's the one thing we know. Even in the wilderness, God's presence and God's provision was there for them. So I don't know where you're at today, but if you feel like you're in a little bit of a wilderness, you know, metaphorically, you need to know that God's presence and his provision is with you, and it's okay where you're at. Uh, but if there's some obedience that needs to happen, we want to encourage that too. All right. There is a, a wonderful book that is out now. It is called Experiencing Friendship with God, How the Wilderness Draws Us to His Presence. And the author of that is Faith Yuri Cho. And uh, Faith joins us as well as Loretta and some others on chat. So if you want to be a part of the conversation, feel free to do that on these live ones. The reason I do this live is to give you guys in the audience the opportunity to to chime in, to converse on the side, um, whatever you want. So, uh, Judy, great to have you here as well. Feel free to be a part. And if you are watching in the replay, as most of you do, uh, we appreciate your comments. It actually helps with the algorithm on some of the platforms. So just throw an amen in there if you agree. Uh, if you disagree, you can say so too. As long as you're nice, we'll leave your comment up. So I appreciate all you guys in the audience as well. Faith, how are you doing? It's good to have you on the program. Randy, I am so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, are you in a wilderness right now? Or are you? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? When people ask me, when was your wilderness? I always say, which one which one (laughs) yeah i i know but so what are you where are you trying to what what's sort of the emphasis of the book because anyone who's been there there they kind of get that but where do you go with this yeah i think it really goes down to the purpose of our lives which is to Mm -hmm. befriend the presence of god and have an intimate authentic and passionate relationship with jesus and if that is the purpose of your life then every season has significance. When you are in pain, then you get to know the healer. When you are in lack, then you get to know the provider. Uh, When you are weak, then you get to know his power. And so if the purpose of our lives is to befriend him, then every season, including the wilderness, will have meaning will have treasures to behold and so that is really the heartbeat of this message really for all of us to befriend his presence what what's your take on why god 
leads us arguably into a wilderness or at least just allows us because it's so many people I talk to and I know it's a little bit of confirmation of bias from where I sit but they they say what you're saying you know uh they they say things like uh I wouldn't I wouldn't trade the pain for where God brought me to Mm. you know and you go I would never wish that on anybody but why do you think God does that or allows those hard experiences right I believe we were created for the gardens of life but as long as we are in this side of heaven as long as we are in this point of redemption redemptive history there will be wilderness there will be wilderness and we go through it oftentimes and I believe he allows it so that the wilderness can come out of us. Mm. Right. You know, um, the Israelites when they were going into the wilderness is because God had to take the wilderness out of them. And that's not something that even I coined. It was something that Christine Kane has taught me, but then, mm-hmm. um, is, as we go through the wilderness, something happens, you know, it, it prepares us for the promised land. However, the purpose of the wilderness is not the promised land. The promised land comes as a blessing of friendship with Jesus. However, that's not the purpose of the wilderness. The purpose of the wilderness is to befriend him. Hmm. How, how are you with the hardcore theological questions? Does those just irritate you? Or do you, do you <laughs> well, I hope I can handle them. I've been a pastor for a bit, for a minute at least. So, so yeah. here's here's one of the, the middle ones. Does God allow it or does God... Uh, mm. make it happen when I'm talking mm. about the some of the pain. Yeah. I believe God allows it. Okay. Yeah. I believe God allows it because he's a good father. He's a good father. And I think it's interesting because, um, I mean, I have been in wilderness seasons where I was like, God, is this funny to you? And I'm not proud of the, that feeling, mm. but you know, all the dark darkness within just really comes out of you when you endure pain for enough time. And I really thought like, okay, you could change this in a heartbeat. And I do not understand why you are allowing this to happen. And oftentimes the the mystery of the wilderness really reveals our true narrative of who he is. Um, And I realized when I endured the mystery long enough, then when I say mystery, I mean um, the, the dichotomy and the tension between what you know of God and what you're feeling of God. Like, if you are a healer, Lord, why am I not being healed? If you're a provider, Lord, why do I experience such lack? That's the mystery. And oftentimes when we go through that, when there are blanks in the narrative, uh, without realizing, we fill it with what we actually think of God. Pain reveals our true theology of the Lord. And if you think he is bad, that will show Mm -hmm. in the wilderness season. And so more than what caused the wilderness season, which I believe there's many causes to wilderness seasons, you know, one could argue that the Israelites did not need to stay in the wilderness for 40 years, right? So there is a bit of that as well. However, um, I believe God allows it so that uh, there, I mean, because we live in a time when we live in the consequence of the curse, uh, we live in the consequences of our own sins, and we also make choices as well. Yeah, great answer, by the way. And I, and I think that's important because what I, I really know, seriously, you, you said that it does, it, you didn't say it reveals who God is. In other words, the, our, our pain doesn't reveal who God is. It reveals who we think God yep. is, our narrative of God. And that, the reason yes. I ask is because you get in those situations and you find out real quickly 
whether someone believes God is mm-hmm. in his nature good. Yeah. And when the goodness of God is not rock solid as a foundation, it leads yep. to uh, all sorts of uh, things, and most of which are negative. I mean, some mm-hmm. of the struggle, I think, is okay. Where are you when it comes to the whole idea of wrestling with God? Yeah, right. So when when we struggle and when we wrestle with the Lord, I think it's a submission and the surrender um, to know and trust that his way is higher than our ways. Mm-hmm. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And that that's tough. And that's why it's a wrestling, you know, because it's so easy to trust in the instincts that are flaring up within as we go through pain, as we go through mystery, as we go through the wilderness. And it's easy to be like, this is this is it. God has abandoned me. Mm-hmm. God is is a cruel teacher, you know, and it's so easy to just follow that instinct. I mean, it's it's a, it's a, it's a tale as old as time. You see it in Genesis three. You know, Satan did not have to force Adam and Eve. He just had to stir up their fleshly instincts to really question, is God really that good? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not enough for us to believe that God is right. It's not enough for us to believe that God is holy, that he's just some deity out there that he, that is perfect. But it's a matter of, is he good enough for us? You know, and that is what we're wrestling with. Yeah. You know, and... And the beautiful thing about God in his grace is that he welcomes the wrestling. Mm-hmm. He's okay mm-hmm. with that. That's the thing. That's what makes him amazing. That's what makes him merciful. This is grace. You know, I have four little children, you know, and when they try to wrestle with me uh, with their way versus my way, oftentimes I'm like, eh, it's my way. <laughs> uh, nope, no argument here. But the fact that the Lord allows for us to wrestle with him in on this, it's really for us. It's not for him. It's for us. And that's his grace. Yeah. And uh, my three-year-old grandson, I can pin him on the floor anytime I want. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. but that's not the way I wrestle with <laughs> you're, Yeah. Well, yeah, fun. totally. Here's another point. You can't mm-hmm. wrestle someone who's not present. Oh, yeah. And. You know, we have this whole strain of thought, you know, deism, God is, de- you know, he, he created the world and, and then he just kind of checked out. I mean, right. You're, you're insistent that God, well, we're coming up on Christmas after Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. Emmanuel. I, yes. I love that. God with us. Yes. Yeah. I, that's the thing. And this is where we need to be very clear on what we mean by the presence of God. Because it could easily be just some sort of poetic euphemism that we sing on Sundays. Oh, God is with us. God is here. His presence, this, his presence, that. But when we have a clear theological understanding of what the presence of God is, it will radically change our lives, honestly, because God is everywhere. That's the thing. And that's what confuses people. They're like, well, why do I need to make this so intentional? Because God is everywhere. And that is true. He is everywhere. And I say this all the time. He is um, in the galaxies above and in the waves below as time and space exists so does god true yes but he has always 
wanted to intentionally be present with us. And we see that throughout scripture from Genesis to Revelation, God is always speaking, guiding, providing, protecting, and he has always been Emmanuel. That was his desire to be with us. Although he is transcendent to be imminent, to be present, to be relationally accessible. Mm -hmm. And what good news, you know, that a God that's so self-sufficient, he doesn't need us, but the fact that he wants to be accessible to us and has persisted to do so throughout redemptive history to the point of sending his son and allowing an access so accessible that now we carry the most holy place. We don't have to go to the most holy place. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is good news. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to hit the hard theological questions. In it. There's, there's kind of two ends of this when you get to, to God's presence. There's the one, you know, where can I go to escape? There's no height, no death. Yeah. I can't, like yeah. God. And then there's, I mean, you know, in the Old Testament, you saw, I think the phrase was actually Ichabod, if I remember that correctly, where God mm. withdrew his presence. Mm -hmm. How much of God's presence in our lives is up to us? Mm. Oh, that's so good. Now that part, the Ichabod part, like that, where God withdrew, that is Old Testament. Uh, it is. You know, and it's interesting. Okay, so when you look at the trajectory of God's presence um, from Old Testament to new, you see a movement, right? You, do. you see God was in the garden. Then you see that he was in the tent of meeting, meeting with Moses. Then he was in the tabernacle in the midst of the Israelites. Then he was in the temple, right? And then you see that um, eventually you see the whole Ezekiel moment where God leaves the Shekinah glory, leaves the temple and, and so on. And then, then God's presence is in Jesus, mm -hmm. the perfect representation of his presence. Mm -hmm. And this is a beautiful thing. When Jesus died, when he died, it said that the veil was torn open in the temple, mm -hmm. right? So the, the part of the temple, the most holy place that a high priest can only go and have access to once a year, and they must make um, sacrifices and earn their way into the most holy place. It was so holy that he had bells on him. The high priest had to have bells on him in case he died, right? right. I mean, it was such a holy place. That veil was torn open. And then Jesus tells his disciples, don't go anywhere in Acts 1 until you receive the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit is given on to believers, right? And it, you see that in Acts 2. Um, and then now the holy place, the most holy place, the holy of holies, is not somewhere that we go to. It's not somewhere that leaves but now is bound to us and we are carriers of the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. Now, can we hide from God? Yes, we could obstruct intimacy by our choices, by our disobedience. Absolutely. But does the most holy place leave us because of our imperfections? Absolutely not, because our intimacy and our proximity to the Lord is now dependent on the blood of Jesus. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Boy, you walked right through that. Very, very well done. And, you know, Jesus, you would think, and I've heard people literally say, you know, I mean, if, if I was walking with Jesus, it would just be, you know, I think it's why people like the chosen. It kind of brings it yeah. to 
okay, I can relate to that. But Jesus yeah. said, it's better that I go. And you think, what would be better than walking around with Jesus, you know? Yes. And I think it, right? I think it gets right to, to that, which is because of the Holy Spirit, his yeah. presence is with us at all times. And for a believer, I don't think you can fully escape the presence of the Holy Spirit. You can grieve Absolutely. the Holy Spirit. You can yeah. harden your heart. Absolutely. Um, I don't, would can an unbeliever, someone who has not been spiritually born again, be completely mm. out of the presence of God, I wonder? I believe that uh, un, that unbelievers can be around the presence of God. Absolutely. Sure. And I actually do believe unbelievers can feel the presence of God. I do too. I, I, yeah. But carrying the presence of God. Oh, that's good. And experiencing his transformative and redemptive power. That's another thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So well stated. Okay. Uh, This is the book that we're kind of talking around. I've kind of gone off track here a little bit. I've got my questions. I'm not real good at sticking with them. But (laughs) Experiencing (laughs) Friendship with God by Faith Yuri Cho, available wherever you Mm -hmm. get books, including her website, Faith Yuri, if you're listening, E-U-R-Y, Cho, C-H-O dot com. Um, A lot of this is based on uh, 17th, 17th century monk i think he was brother lawrence who wrote the presence Mm -hmm. the practice and presence of god explain to people who he was and why you're reflecting on his reflections yes so my own personal journey of becoming a christian i was not born into a christian home um but i actually got saved in Mexico, which is a funny thing. I was born in Korea, raised in America, got saved in Mexico. It's a whole thing. <laughs> it's a whole nother story. However, my big thing, especially not coming from a church background, was I wanted to get to know God. I, I, I felt like I just had to know him. If he's out there, I have to be his friend. But I felt that a lot of the teachings that I found um, in books and at church was just, just pray. That's it. Just, just, just do it. Right. And I just didn't understand what to do once I got on my knees and how to understand the mysteries of his presence. And I ran into this small sliver of a book um, called the practice of the presence of God by brother Lawrence. And I felt like this was the closest thing. It was so simple um, that it was scandalously simple (laughs) However, I felt like what the only way I could compare this experience was as if I was watching the Food Network and you're watching somebody else enjoy the greatest meal of their life. Mm. And you're like, I want that, but I do not know how to get that. And part of my disconnect was um, this. This exactly. This is exactly what I want. However, you are a Carmelite monk that lives in a monastery and I am a 21st century woman with 21st century uh, lifestyles and demands, right? And so what does that mean for me? And so I always like to say, this is a modern day take on Brother Lawrence's book, The Practice of the Presence of God, and how to experience friendship with him in the busyness of our lives. Well, (laughs) in 10 minutes or less, how do we do that? Yes. How, I mean, I think, we, uh, well, one, the book really explains it. But, two, <laughs> but I would say the best way um, to explain it is this. First, we need to understand um, the theology of his presence with us, which we just established in our conversation, which I love. Um, but two, um, it's like learning how to acknowledge him 
and access him. Okay. And I say acknowledge because oftentimes the rhetoric in uh, Christianity is go to God, run to God, strive, yeah. beg, you know, and although people don't say beg, it definitely feels like begging. Right. Um, yeah. And that's Could, why Christianity is so exhausting. What, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm let you get back on track. But what, what, yeah. what denominationally or stylistically, what church are you a part of? <laughs> um, I'm actually from all kinds. Yeah. I'm a denomination mutt. <laughs> right? Yeah, me too. I, yeah, I, um, I was saved in the Pentecostal uh, traditions. And then I went to every kind of church, reformed, okay. evangelical. Okay. Um, Good. I'm currently in the evangelical camp, if you want to make it more okay. official. But. Yeah, I'm, I'm Presbyterian now. So people mm -hmm. go like, well, really? What? And that doesn't mean much when theologically because it's, it's more about structure. Okay, so here's my question. Yeah. Have you been in those services? Because I've, I've been there. I think I may have even said it as, you know, yes. part of a worship team. Like, like, yeah. like, God, we're just waiting on your presence. Yeah. Like, like, well, as soon as God shows up, then we can really have church. <laughs> and you go, right, right. What right. the heck am I saying? <laughs> right. And I think when we say wait on him, I would say the better way to explain it, because I get the concept. I get the concept, you know, um, and that wouldn't be something I would want to completely throw away. But it's really more allow my being to be more aware. My, my awareness need to be uh, woken up. Wake me up. God is really what it is. Okay. You know, I'm waiting for you to wake me up, Lord. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for you to help me to be aware of your nearness right now. And as we do, um, we allow for him to move in a way that uh, may not, that we may not be willing to before because like you said he can be quenched you know yeah. and so there is a value of welcoming him and acknowledging him there is a value to that sure. but it is not um but it's not to say oh i could think in him <laughs> you know uh, that's what alicia bertsholi says like your uh, faithlessness cannot thin him <laughs> you know and your worship cannot thicken him right <laughs> like we we don't change who he is yeah. by what we do however what it does is does change who we are yeah and it allows an access as he has given us full access but the question is has have we given him full access yeah to us Right. And so welcoming him does have value. But I think, yeah, to have a strong theological foundation is key. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. laugh at, I, at myself sometimes. It's like, yeah. You know, and, and, you know, those who waited on the Lord will renew their strength was actually not a passive verb in the original language. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's less about God's presence and more about his timing and his preparation of us. Yeah, no. So anyway, yeah. um, but mm -hmm. yeah, whatever. And I don't get too hung up. I, I'm not one of those uh, <laughs> I, policemen of all yeah. things theological. It's <laughs> like, you know, I get it. We're, we're all, and sometimes we use right. language, but at the end of the day, um, you, you, you're really stressing, uh, as, as Brother Lawrence did, Mm -hmm. that there is a daily closeness and nearness. We use the word intimacy, um, but 
it's 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 a friendship you know people some people yeah. get upset when that song i am a friend of god came out i actually heard people criticizing it and i'm like wow <laughs> i know it's like, like <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh that's way too casual god is holy oh, you see. know that I kind see. of thing yeah mm-hmm. but what you're what you're suggesting is that there are daily things we can do Absolutely. to awaken ourselves maybe to yes. what god wants is is that good accurate description of where you're going I would say so. And I would say the best way, and it's so simple, you know, and truly, and this was the draw of Brother Lawrence's life. I realized, man, we have complicated intimacy with the Lord. Now everybody wants like a five-step manual or a three-step program. um, But really when it comes down to it is learning how to acknowledge him in all our ways. Mm. You know, um, it's about acknowledging him at every step, even now. Randy, as I'm talking to you, I'm acknowledging his presence. I'm so aware that he's here in this conversation. And I know that there are people listening in that are being touched by his presence right now. It's just the art of acknowledging him. And as you acknowledge him, you start to grow in awareness of him. And it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And it's funny because we often, the posturing is is almost can get to I'm going to manipulate him but he's really like yeah. no, no 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 I, I'm going to conform you to the image of Christ that's yeah. the goal right and and I think mm-hmm. that acknowledgement is more about you know changing us than getting him to what we want him absolutely. to absolutely okay um I, I want to hit your website real quick this is faithyuricho.com yep uh and give people a little background for people that this is the first they've ever heard of you it was Tell me a little bit about what you got going on. Yeah. Well, my husband and I, we are church planters. um, So we are senior leaders of Mosaic Covenant Church in New Jersey. Um, We also have four children and two dogs. So it's an adventure. (laughs) And I'm, yeah. And I'm a CEO and founder of the Honor Summit where we um, disciple women in the Asian American context. Um, and I'm an author, a speaker and all that kind of stuff. I, I show up on, um, better together, which is on TVN. Um, you know, Sheila. Oh, I love Sheila. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and I love Sheila too, but I kind of resent better together for taking her away from me. I'm just saying she was my co-host on broadcast for six years. So. Oh, really? Yeah. What a small world. Oh, we love her. Yeah, oh, we great. love her so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, good. Yeah. All right. So there, there's a little bit of faith. And uh, yeah. again, the book that uh, is available now is called Experiencing Friendship with God, wherever you buy books. Mm-hmm. And all right, Faith, last word to you for someone who's gotten to the end of this and they're like, okay, yeah. this is this is interesting. Uh, um, yeah. I want that kind of friendship. I want to experience friendship. Yes. What would you leave them with as they go about their day? God wants friendship with you more than you could ever want friendship with him. And that that desire in you is from the Holy Spirit. And so my heart and my encouragement to anybody listening in is honor that desire. Mm. Honor that desire because it's easy to feel that it's just a petty thing, that it's just a you thing that you're just being inspired in this moment. Our capacity to want him comes from him. 
And so honor that desire in you because it's coming from the Holy Spirit. And instead of quenching it by ignoring it, fan it into flame. Because as you step towards him, he will step towards you. And that's the promise of James 4, 8. He will come closer to you as you get closer to him. Yeah. You know, I love that you quote that. Uh, I actually quite fond of the book of James, which the guys who canonize scripture, they argued over that one. But yeah. <laughs> what I love about that is that James was the half you know, brother of, of Jesus mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. slow to know him as the Messiah. And yeah. it's like once that clicked, he's like, oh, yes, you don't understand. <laughs> it took yeah. I was a little thick headed because I can be. The yeah. um, but this is it. <laughs> and you know what? Here's the promise. You, you get you draw close to God on that daily thing. What you're talking about in your book, what Brother Lawrence was talking about very practically in the 17th century. God will show up. He's not yeah. hiding. He's not running. There's no magic yeah. formula. Just draw close. Love it. Thank yeah. you. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. <laughs> best, best episode. <laughs> <laughs> because you were on it. <laughs> no. Absolutely. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate all you guys out there watching, by the way. Brenda, Judy, all you in chat and anybody watching later, let us know what you think. And if you haven't liked, followed, or subscribed, I invite you to do that, that uh, you would get... Uh, notifications of more good, encouraging conversations like this. We'll see you again next time. Check out Experiencing Friendship with God. We move on this vast, limitless sea of divine mercy.